0: Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. Cannabisradio.com proudly presents blunt business harvested by strain wise consulting. Together we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now let's delve into some blunt business with your host. Thanks for joining us for another edition of blunt business here
1: on cannabisradio.com, So thankful for you to join us. Uh, this guest today is very fascinating because you know, it works in the area of entertainment and media. And it's where I've been for the last 25 years plus. Now, I'm not saying I've been any kind of high-end, uh, you know, I've been in the corporate space when it comes to some of these companies on the lower tier of knowing and understanding the space. But it only makes me more involved and more engaged in what's going on. But what's been also fascinating is how celebrity – and how entertainment and media have converged in the cannabis space. With me today is a partner at Vicente Cedarberg LLP, where he focuses his practice on advising companies, brands, entertainment and media properties, other law firms and investors on how to navigate the California cannabis marketplace. Obviously, being in California, you're right there in the center of it all, right near Hollywood. I'm here with California-based cannabis and entertainment lawyer, Jeffrey Welsh, partner of Vicente Cedarberg. Jeffrey, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be on and excited for our chat today. Absolutely. And, you know, off and running. Now, a little bit of context about you. You worked in corporate business affairs at the largest talent agency in the world, WME Endeavor or William Morris, as everybody might remember this, WME IMG, while simultaneously continuing to work in the legal cannabis industry part time. And in this position, you've developed an understanding of the nuanced entertainment industry while concurrently connecting entertainer entertainer advocates with projects and groups actively working in the cannabis space. So talk to me, Jeffrey, about what you've learned about bobbing
2: and weaving around the Hollywood brass representing your clients. Sure. Um, I, I think, you know, to sort of start, George, I probably want to just get some context here. You know, I actually went Absolutely. to law school to be an entertainment lawyer, you know, had moved to Los Angeles um, to actually be a, a studio musician and recording artist, and wow. so I actually got my master's degree from USC in uh, in jazz and saxophone performance, um, and, and really sort of gave it the uh, the old college try as far as <laughs> getting out there. Yeah. Was uh, you know successful by industry standards, you know was touring and gigging and recording um, really all over the place, but um, kept leaving gigs and seeing you know the lawyers and managers leaving in uh, nicer cars and had sort of a more comfortable uh, lifestyle and thought, you know what, I I can do that. And that would still, you know, allow me to keep one foot in the entertainment space. And so I went to to Pepperdine in 2010 for law school with the ambition of, you know, um, beginning a career in entertainment law. And um, that's when I actually discovered um, legal cannabis, um, you know, at the time 2010, you know, my role wasn't really, uh, you know, connecting entertainment assets or brand ambassadors, um, to cannabis companies the, the role of a cannabis lawyer at the time was, you know, frankly, keeping your clients out of jail. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot more criminal defense focused, um, And so fast forwarding to graduation, um, I sort of knew that I had to get the entertainment bug sort of out of my system, right? I knew that I had to to give entertainment law a shot, but uh, continuing to practice in, in the cannabis space throughout law school, um, I thought, look, wouldn't it be a, a unique way to to begin a career if I could sort of combine, um, you know, these two passions of mine? Um, and so, you know, went to WME in, in 2013, um, which was an invaluable experience. You know, for me, that was, that was cutting my teeth, you know, in the entertainment space. Um, and what I quickly came to realize, which still, George, is a persisting issue today, is that the gap is not yet bridged between the cannabis and entertainment communities. And and by that, I mean, um, you know, most people in the traditional entertainment world see headlines, right, about the cannabis space and think (laughs) that our industry is just flush with cash. Um, And on the opposite side of the equation, cannabis companies, mostly in my opinion, because, uh, you know, celebrity brands or brand ambassador opportunities really haven't been done uh, as as well as they, as well as they could have been done to date. Um, and so you have this dynamic where on the sort of cannabis and hemp side, they are, um, almost offended, right, by what a large name celebrity ambassador might command as far as a fee or licensing fee um, or a profit share. But then when uh, you whereas- turn this
1: around, you're looking at the capital, the value of that celebrity, sure. and honestly, the inv- really the draw to investment to that brand because of that relationship. One thing I'm also interested in is the fact you've been in this, in the space intertwined and converging here for 10 years, well before yes. Prop 64 in California. Um, I guess the one thing I'd like to know uh, first off is just when you had that convergence with celebrities and those that are in the space looking to jump in. Uh, obviously, California's always been a little bit ahead, has always been well ahead when it comes to that those two worlds colliding. And I'm just wondering, you know, did you ever see where how you had to construct how you were able to go ahead and bring on clients that wanted to be involved and the feeling that you didn't need to show them they shouldn't feel like they're sacrificing themselves for something that they are passionate about
2: sure sure i think you know that started with you know taking a a large list of people right that i thought would be wonderful fits somewhere in the in the cannabis you know chain right uh and 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 sort of narrowing that list um and, and talking to managers and agents in the community to realize that someone who might be a sort of no-brainer, sensible fit might also have a uh, you know other sponsorship uh, you know deals or brand ambassador opportunities that they're aligned with, that completely prevents them from even entertaining, um, you know, having a visual presence in the cannabis space right now. Um, And and frankly, George, you know, it was a lot of sort of foundation building on my end Mm -hmm. to one, prove that someone involved heavily in the cannabis space was credible, particularly back in 2015, when I really started to try and do this, you know, 2013, 2015. and also uh, keeping in mind that there were lots of, um, you know, there, there was just a tremendous amount of education that had to take place, right? Because for better or worse, uh, almost every celebrity, you know, cannabis is sort of synonymous with entertainment as far as the consumption of cannabis. Yeah. Um, but there's still a ton of misinformation, even now, you know, specific to what the rules and regulations are. And so I spent most of my time during that period really just educating. Um, managers, you know, agents and talent directly on sort of the inner and outer boundaries of the space. And I think that process sort of gave me a credibility edge and started to help uh, me become sort of a go-to figure in the space specific to, you know, um, vetting, you know, investment opportunities, taking a look at, uh, you know, brand ambassador opportunities and so forth.
1: And the interesting part is the integrity of the celebrity and what happens to them once they latch on to support cannabis as an advocate or support a brand or become a spokesperson for a brand. So it's the obvious ones you know that would be, you know, synonymous with cannabis, would it be Snoop Dogg or Be Real from Cypress Hill sure. or Seth Rogen. But I also think about Livy Newton-John or Woody Harrelson or Martha Stewart. Absolutely. Those, where it's, you know, it is, it's a, it's a possible... As uh, possible hit to themselves because you know it's so easy for people in Hollywood and show business to kind of just downplay. I mean, the press will just go ahead and just allow that person to take a hit because of that. Jim Belushi, another example. Just right. the idea of where those people come from. You know, don't don't worry about what they did before in the past. You know, uh, their celebrity status. As soon as they say cannabis, it's like persona. You know, that's got to be like a skepticism is brought into play.
2: Absolutely, and I think you know. Look, a, a lot of that. Look, I, I take a lot of. I put a lot of responsibility on my shoulders to sort of help change the narrative around cannabis, but it's really the entire community, including celebrities who are dipping their toes in the water or really getting involved, to help legitimize, you know, cannabis in the average consumer's mind. And I, I really think, George, that starts with, you know, the actual cannabis businesses themselves producing products that you wouldn't normally associate with sort of the old guard of cannabis, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong. In fact, there's there's wonderful things about, you know, classical cannabis consumption, right? Joints and bongs and, um, and blunts and things like that. But there's a certain stigma attached to that type of consumption that will per- pervade probably forever, right? Regardless regardless of how, you know, much education the general public receives there. And that's where I think there's the unique opportunity for celebrities who you wouldn't, you know, typically consider as being, uh, you know, sensible to get involved in the space to start to participate as it relates to beverages, right? Or creams or topicals or patches. You know, we see a lot of, you know, athlete involvement, right? As it relates to simple pain relief, right? And that could be consuming the flour itself. But um, to me, the future of, of, of you know, our industry is is less smoking and consumption and more wellness focused. And, and that I also think casts a wider net for what type of celebrities can actively get involved without fearing some type of public eyesore.
1: And I'll tell you, there's also, we're going to see the change, I think, in my opinion, of who's going to be determined as a celebrity that will be in the cannabis space. Because I think your traditional celebrity, that is going by the wayside. I talk about the digital disruption that's going on. So a lot of online-based celebrity is what's really going to go and be – that. I think that's where you're going to be finding a lot of your future clients from. With that said, I want to also – we're going to get back into the whole idea of celebrity marketing, celebrity endorsements. I want to talk about that after a break. But before that, I want to ask you about – A full-service creative agency that you co-founded called Composite. It helps guide and grow brands in the legal cannabis industry and specializes in creative and content production, marketing, research, and strategy, and product development. And by doing this unique path, you are sensitive to the specific legal issues involved in entertainment and cannabis coming together, such as intellectual property or IE, endorsements, licensing, criminal and civil liability, and other business and other legal considerations. So... Talk to me about composite before we go to break. Tell me about what you're doing with this. this obviously, full service, the legal
2: side into everything else you're doing is very important. Sure. Absolutely. And I think, you know, for for me, George, that really started as um, a way to keep myself involved. Um, You know, look, being a cannabis lawyer, there's some, I think, inherent creativity to being a cannabis lawyer that more traditional lawyers don't get to enjoy. Um, But I still was unable to really tap into the creative side of my brain from, you know, my musical performance history. And okay, obviously, you know, traditional agency, you know, marketing content services aren't, you know, isn't music performance. But I really needed to you know scratch that itch um and so composite really the, the genesis of composite was my co-founder cody tesno um you know who has a long uh, 30-year career you know in the los angeles community of, of marketing and advertising approaching me about how he might start this business and frankly i told him look stop stop everything you're doing and, and let's <laughs> do this together because you can, we can have a competitive advantage if we can assure our clients that, you know, not only are we going to be able to differ, differentiate a client's brand through the marketing, you know, initiatives that we help them with, but also we can assure them that everything they're doing is vetted by quality, you know, cannabis legal counsel. So they're not, um, you know, putting themselves at risk or scrutiny from any of the regulatory authorities. And 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 it also really started for us, George, as, as, as a bit of an incubator because, you know, we had a very healthy roster at the law firm that I started um, at the time back in 2015 called Frontero Law Group. Um, and I was concerned that some of our clients weren't going to be able to sort of survive the corporatization, right, of, of legal adult use cannabis in yes. California post- Prop 64, and so I I would have these conversations with our clients and say, look, it's time to start allocating, you know, 20 to 30% of your operating budget on marketing and advertising. Otherwise, you're just gonna get steamrolled by, you know, large, large groups with deep pockets um who are going to hire larger traditional agencies and so that was that what really started as an effort for for me to sort of bridge uh, a gap between the legacy market and and a new sort of consumer facing market Um, also sort of evolved into um you know us you know uh, not not patting ourselves on the back but us really being in in my opinion you know uh, uh, one of the preeminent creative agencies in the space So interesting. Now, we're going to come back
1: with uh, a story from Weed Maps that I thought, well, what a clickbait uh, article with the title. I I had to jump in because I saw it and i say, why do we love and love to hate celebrity weed brands? Oh, sure. (laughs) I'm going to take the task with you on this because, you know, I I got my opinions on it. We're going to talk about this story uh, in depth because it leads into celebrity endorsements, celebrity marketing, and the kind of issues you definitely would have to work on when it comes to what you're doing at composite and what you're doing at the law office of... Cynthia Cedarburg LLC so I'm here with California based cannabis and entertainment lawyer Jeffrey Welsh here on blunt business back after a short break
0: rolling into some sponsors but we'll be right back with more blunt business
3: elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Sugis now at com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat.
0: I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. It's kind of
1: right in my wheel well. Like I said, I talk a lot about media entertainment on, I'm going to just do a quick plug for my Broadcasters Podcast. It's independent of Cannabis Radio, BroadcastersPodcast.com. I just want to let that people know. If you're interested in this kind of stuff, I talk about this all the time. So if this feels like something that's in your bag, then feel free to go and check that uh, show out for yourselves. Just a quick, shameless plug. Weed Maps recently wrote, Jeffrey, this... Quote, celebrity endorsements have long served as an effective marketing tool for brands looking to reach large target audiences in a single swoop. For normal federal legal industries like sports, fashion, and beauty, it's a straight shot from the celebrity or influencer endorsement to the pipeline of consumerism. Unless a Kendall Jenner Pepsi-esque fiasco occurs, there's little risk for the celebrity or the brand in terms of backlash. Everyone takes a ton of money and voila. But what happens if the industry itself is not only federally illegal, but occupies a polarizing space in the matrix of public acceptance? In addition, what if the audience of this industry was largely comprised of a wary subculture eager to expose the celebrity as well as the brand for being inauthentic, illegitimate, or worst of all, uncool? Interesting where they say this. Somebody marketing say, "Cannabis requires a unique approach to the idea itself, as well as a unique celebrity to ensure a brand or
2: product success." What do you say to you about that? That uh, that statement. Sure, I think the key sort of the key sort of words to take away from from you know that statement are you know concerns about being inauthentic or uncool, right? And and I think the goal there and, and the way we can sort of advance past that concern is one identifying celebrities who are um, actually eager to do more than accept a passive check. Right. And by that, I yeah. just mean, you know, to in order to actually gain traction in the cannabis space, you have to be actively involved. Right. And so a lot of these celebrity brands that we see, um, they lose traction and just aren't impressive um, from a sales standpoint because, you know, the celebrity themselves might only post about the product, you know, one post, you know, once a month or something like that. And that's just not going to get, You know, most cannabis brands don't have the traction that a Pepsi or Hennessy, you know, has nationwide and globally, and so there isn't immediately this credibility or cool factor built in. Um, And so, to me, on on the authentic side, it is it is crucial um, for the success of a celebrity or entertainment back. Brand that it's actually authentic to the celebrity itself, right? And whether that's through, um, you know, producing products that, that the celebrity actually uses and believes in, you know, we've seen, you know, Matt Barnes, for instance, do a really good job of that with his brand Seven Leaves, right, like that's his company, he's a founder of that company, he's invested in that company. Um, and so I think he has a little more on the line to promote that company than, you know, say a brand ambassador who's just getting um, a check once a quarter Um, you know, to promote the brand. Um, And I think uncool to me kind of ties into also cost, right? I mean, a lot of times we see these celebrity brands have a premium slapped on them. And, you know, I I don't think the general community outside of our space would consider cannabis consumers to be incredibly savvy or sophisticated, but most of them are, and they recognize that, you know, why would I pay a 20% premium on a product just because, it has a celebrity's face on it, when I can get just as good, if not better quality, you know, for 20%, 30% less. And that's not even considering, right, the, you know, the, the high tax rate that you're paying here in California. And so I think, you know, um, I think those are some considerations on my end, for sure. Now, the other thing
1: I think they're missing in that whole uh, thought process is the celebrities that come in that might have made it past their career they're on the end of their career that they're not as popular or as noticeable or they might be recognizable but they're like that's a nostalgia figure so i mean that i also think has to be brought into into case like at what point when you look at people to bring into composite or you see other people that are being brought into the space you know is there kind of a filter any kind of a vetting system a test that you put through to say okay what value in celebrity does this person have because i mean So say there might be some character actors that might have been in movies that were, say, you know, 10, 20 years ago or in television. And they just had a role that made them look as such. But, I mean, it's a nostalgic figure, somebody you don't even think about anymore. You know, pop culture, mainstream culture goes by so fast when, you know. If you're determining, is there like a filtering system, a testing system as to would you prefer having more people that are influencers on Instagram or YouTube or whatnot, as opposed to going for the celebrities that have had that mainstream exposure, which maybe have been a long time ago?
2: Sure. I mean, I think to answer your question, yes, I'd obviously prefer someone that's sort of on the rise as far as on the decline, as far as someone to work with. There's just more opportunity and engagement from you know uh, social media, right? Engagement from you know baby boomers isn't obviously as high as Gen X or you know millennials, yeah. right? And so we're looking for someone that's sort of on the rise or has a lot of traction there. Um, but that doesn't mean we turn down opportunities on working with maybe nostalgic type celebrities as long as their team has realistic expectations as to the value. Of the product right a lot of times we see these projections in the marketplace about the success of a product and they're usually off by a factor of 10 or more as as far as the sales they're predicting Um, and so. And so to me, it starts with, you know, does the celebrity, regardless of their sort of status in the current marketplace, really understand who their target market is? And that's something who we can help, you know, hone them in on. Um, and do they understand what, you know, how successful this product is realistically going to be, even if we hit help them hit a home run, right? Because, um, you know, obviously, if like The Rock, right, or a Kendall Jenner is supporting something, they have a platform that's infinitely larger than someone who maybe is a you know sort of specialty character in in, in a um, cult type movie, um, you know from from days gone past. Yeah.
1: Now going along the this Weed Maps, uh, this Weed Maps uh, article. The success of a celebrity brand is ultimately determined by its authenticity, something stoners are specifically keen to detect. Cannabis is one of the most predominant and long-lasting subcultures in American history, and it's currently more vulnerable than ever to be exploited and infiltrated by the mainstream for a quick buck. I agree with that. Now, to be taken seriously, celebrities who are defined by their successes of mainstream culture, which I can also, like I said, I think that doesn't stay so much where mainstream culture is the the determining factor, must prove their validity outside of the very culture they represent. In other words, they need to establish that they are here to respect the legacy and add to the subculture rather than using their image to pander to consumers and capitalize off this once marginalized plant. So I've asked about the filters, but I guess the other thing too is that the importance of finding someone that can normalize the fact that cannabis is just part of everyday life, let's not just Pigeonhole them into the subculture. Have sure. that celebrity actually expand
2: and cross over? Sure. I think. I think to me, George, we're talking about sort of two different, you know, sectors of celebrities, right? There's yeah. sort of, uh, you know, the the Tommy Chongs of the world, right? Um, can certainly tap into subculture and nostalgia simultaneously, Absolutely. and there's sort of, you know, new age people that are doing that, um, and and that's that's great. Um, but I just think there's more opportunity. <clears throat> Um, as far as the, you know, legitimizing and educating um, as it relates to, you know, celebrity culture who you wouldn't traditionally associate with cannabis. Those are the types of people we really need to start seriously exploring this space. And look, frankly, I don't think that's going to actually happen until we have, you know, federal decriminalization or, or legalization. Um, but I look at sort of two segments there, one who can sort of pay homage to the subculture. Um, and those those brands have, have have held fast, you know, they might not be the most successful cannabis brands, you know, in the world, but they've held on. Um, but the, the, they, they know their audience, right? And, and their, you know, their social media and their content reflect that audience right and so um, look there's you know there's sort of a quote from from a from a relatively famous CEO of a cannabis brand we used to work with who said who you know used to say hey you know that there's a product for you know the 18 year old kid you know who's going to you know college um, and there's also a product for his mom or dad who just got home from work and we're looking for them to pick up the vape pen or, you know, one of our consumable products instead of that class of Chardonnay, right? And so you're you're definitely, um, you know, your approach um, is very different for those two. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, with with not paying, um, you know, homage to the subculture if you know what you're doing right if there's a consistent thesis and how you're approaching it, um, you're gonna have look no matter no matter what you're doing, no matter what your business is, no matter how um, you know how high of a quality your product is, you're still going to have people that that aren't satisfied with your messaging or your product. you can never appease everyone. And so to me it's about having a clear vision and thesis about understanding you know who you can successfully target and making sure that that messaging, is authentic and doesn't come off as you know uncool
1: so we're going to go and continue uh, one more thing I'm going to ask you Rolling about when it comes sponsors, to we'll cannabis right entertainment the together business. here with jeffrey welsh from the hey Lovels take a look at this they're selling the smart pots. and also a <laughs> of-
0: pot that can make you smart where is it not that kind of pot smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants check this out
1: 2000- Garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at
0: smartpots.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with
1: California based cannabis entertainment lawyer Jeffrey Welsh here. On Blunt Business. And by the way, if you want to know more, uh, the website for Vicente Cederberg is the name of the company, the name of the firm, V I C E N T E S E D E R B E R G dot com. And for composite, you can learn more at compositeagency one word dot com. So, Jeffrey, let's talk again. Let's go again to the celebrities themselves. We've been talking about this, about distinguishing those celebrities that would be obvious in the space the real stoner celebrities that are out there. So Tommy Chong, who's a phenomenon in himself. Let's just say that We also hosted, not just because he hosted a show here on Cannabis Radio, he just is a phenomenon in himself. It's amazing what he has done. He has been a pillar. That guy's the Mount Rushmore of cannabis. He's on there in the first face. You have Burner, you have Snoop Dogg, b we Rear from Cypress Hill, Bob Marley's estate, and so on. Right now we're here seeing somebody like Bella Thorne and Mike Tyson have done D- their toes in the industry. Likely due to public acceptance being at an all-time high. And then we have titan celebrities like Seth Rogen or Jay-Z who are viewed as weed stars in their own right but take roles, major roles in cannabis projects or brands but tend to remain largely behind the scenes. Like Woody Harrison, I don't think, would be like that. Or William Nelson, I think, would be kind of like that. Um, sure. So, in other words, they're serving more as CEOs, strategists, and quiet partners of major deals. The thing is, is that... With these somebody, some of these celebrities, I would imagine they want this is an investment for them, not just to be using as an investment, but it's a win win situation where they're coming in because they want to monetize off of this as well. But it's, you know, first of all, you filter who you bring into the space that it's not just here for a cash grab. But then, the ones that want to be involved and how I'm really determining on how involved you want a celebrity or influencer to have in what you're doing in a project. Talk
2: to me about the balance of that sure i think you know foundationally that starts at the individual talents you know comfort level and how visible they're going to be in the space right you take someone like Jay Z, you know, he doesn't need to, he certainly, you know, I don't even think he has an Instagram um, and he doesn't need to because of how much, you know, success he's had. And so I think, you know, the value um, in Jay Z being a part of Kaliva, for instance, is in him being sort of more behind the curtains, helping to strategize yeah. and certainly helping the company, um, you know, attract, you know additional investment through you know the headlines that he was coming on board as a strategic advisor and so i think the 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 right fit right is is a lot of times someone who's who's really hungry right to to sort of get involved and and you don't need you know millions of followers to have a successful brand right a, a lot of times you know we work with a lot of you know who i would consider cannabis influencers just by their own right, right, who have grown a following with tremendous amount of um, traction and, and communication on their platforms from people within the community. And they might only have 50 to 150,000 followers, which is a lot by, you know, traditional standards, but certainly not by celebrity standards. Um, but it, it really boils down to the, the, the individual talent and how much that how much time they're willing to put in and how much FaceTime, they're willing to put in for the brand, right? Like, do they want to do personal appearances? Do they want to have, you know, Instagram Live or Zoom Live sessions where they're talking to their consumers, right? You are never going to get someone like a Seth Rogan or a Jay Z to do that because they're they're at the point in their career where um, that's it's just not worth the juice isn't worth the squeeze for them for them to do that. Now, with the pandemic we've been going
1: through for as we record this show, that's been more than seven months now. The idea is. We have the fact that I would imagine that traditional mainstream celebrities that you've seen in television, movies, you know, or music that would be able to make live appearances and put a face to the brand or the product is not available there. So sticking to Instagram or TikTok or Snapchat or Facebook or whatever, staying online and finding those celebrities that fit in that space better as influencers Would that be the route that you feel like, is that a thing that you've been doing in a composite, is that something that you feel like that's what's been the better place to go as opposed to the standard mainstream crossover type celebrity to go more
2: for the online talent? That's who we're really targeting now, George. you know is, and, and you know m- most interesting right now, particularly like the gaming community, right because yeah. we see such a there's been such a massive boom right as it relates to twitch and, and streaming um, and just gaming generally, right? Like the, the gaming industry makes more than the the television and movie industry combined, right. And so um, you have a, a sort of newer audience there um, with sort of a new age of celebrities mm-hmm. who are able to navigate. And, and have pre-COVID, you know, navigated this online world almost exclusively. Um, and so that's certainly um, an area uh, of talent um, that we've been really honing in on because their job is literally to engage with fans while they're live streaming and playing games. And so um, that's a specific area that we're targeting. Also, you know, YouTube stars and, and people whose job is really to just simply produce content on platforms um, because once you sort of have to cross the, the threshold with traditional talent and actual appearances or you know uh, consumer engagement they're used to getting checks for that 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 frankly most cannabis companies can't can't ca- or can't cut right and so um, our industry is is still sort of growing um, to that level um but, but I, I think that's okay like that's not a bad thing that 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 means there's opportunity for for people who aren't at that superstardom level there yet. And I think that helps alleviate issues of it being inauthentic or uncool um, because I think people get uh, people's eyebrows go up if they see, you know, a mainstream celebrity attach themselves to a cannabis, um, you know, company, particularly when they've never been associated with the space before. And I think what's really exposed during this pandemic more than anything
1: else I don't think the celebrities matter so much because, right, the level of engagement that you have from online celebrities and those that are Instagram influencers or, or whatnot, they communicate very well with their audience. Meanwhile, the attempts by any celebrity going on a Zoom call or going onto a show without the makeup, without the glam, without the things that make them look amazing in Hollywood, they look like they don't look like great everyday people. They look like of they they look like. They look like a shade of a figment of themselves, so that's not right. You can't look at your celebrities like that. That, that might have been the worst thing to have happen. Was and unfortunately, I know the celebrities what are they going to do? They need to keep themselves exposed, but you know, to go on to like Access Hollywood or Entertainment Tonight or whatever, or just go to like on, on late night shows and not looking prim and proper, not looking the Hollywood best that looks bad on them, and they're not prepared for what they're doing, much like those online are totally prepared. So I think, does that say anything? The level of engagement with the audience, that's got to be much more important, I think, that comes in that really
2: determines why not to go after certain celebrities now. Ab- absolutely. I would much rather have someone, you know, who, you know, has a following of under a million, um, but, you know, has engagement with, you know, has has high engagement than someone with, 30 million followers and doesn't engage at all or just has one of their, you know, business managers run um, that platform because um, as it relates to converting on platforms to sales, you know, you can be successful with a very small percent, right? Three to four percent um, you know, converting engagement to sales is is successful. And so, you know, again, you don't really need, um, you know, if you have someone with 30 million followers, um, but the messaging is inauthentic, you're not going to get any conversion into sales, um, except for like hardcore super fans who are going to buy anything and everything that person does. And that's a very small, you know, segment of the market. I can understand why there's always an appeal of wanting to
1: get that endorsement, wanting to get that spokesperson, a person who will help, Get just enough exposure just to go ahead and get that rush of sales, or just rush of uh, just interest in the in whatever product it might be that might be put out there. That's a great thing, but it's like uh, it's it's a tough. This is gonna be a tough area to be in to try to weigh all this out and balance this out. So I mean, with your agency and what you're doing on the legal side, I can only imagine, you know, just how to work that out. Because I mean, I think Hollywood more than anything else. Because of their issues with just getting production back started up now, and the the measures that are going on with that, and you know the fact that we're not we don't have a lot of marketing at all because movies are not getting pushed out right now, and it's getting pushed out in terms of entertainment is through Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or other streaming services. OTT is getting all the business, so anything else is online. Anything else is just through social media, and that's it. So right. That process has got to be tough, like the who to go and determine and bring on board. So as we wrap things up, let's go ahead and, you know, let people know how they can connect with you. Cause I love this conversation. I could have kept going, but we're gonna go ahead and stop. We got to, we're running out of time. But please sure. take a minute to talk to our listeners about how to learn more about
2: your work at Vincente Zederberg. Vincente Cedarberg and also your work at Composite. Sure. Um, well, you know, anyone can email me at any time. Uh, my email address is J Welsh, W-E-L-S-H at Vicente com. I know that's a mouthful. Um, I'm also quite active on Instagram. Um, just from all the, uh, you know, the agency work, um, you can find me on Instagram at J D Welsh W E L S H. Um, you know, feel free to shoot me a message if you want to connect on there. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, and, uh, you know, typically if, if I talk to someone, I'm ha- happy to give them my phone number, but I'll, 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 I'll hold on doing that. Feel free to reach out to me on any of those uh, channels and I'd, I'd be happy to, to, you know, talk or engage with anyone who'd like to learn more.
1: I mean, well, we have great interviews on this show, but I really like this because of the fact that this is something more to the wheel well that I've always been interested in for a very long time. And the convergence is, is a very interesting conversation because even with us at Canvas Radio, like who can we attach ourselves to? Same thing. Can we get find a celebrity that we can bring to a conference of ours or have them do an event or have them on the radio with us as a guest? And to have that continuous, it's just that constant thing of like, okay, which agent can we go through and try to get them on board? What charity kind of angle can we use to try to bring somebody on board? But it's like everybody in this business is trying to do that. Many many are trying to do it at least because they know that exposure, that person bringing an in investment is very important. I think this was a very important conversation to have. Jeffrey Welsh, thanks for being here on the show. Thank you so much, George. It was a pleasure. Thank you for your time. Hey, love the chat. We should do this again very soon. And listeners, I hope you'll go ahead and come around for another Blunt Business. Of course, find the show on Apple Podcasts, because I know a lot of you do. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now available on Amazon Music. Great place to go. A great display up there. So if you don't have Amazon Music yet... Go look, all your podcasts are available there. They just started adding podcasts and all the Cannabis Radio lineup is there as well. And we'll talk to you next time. Expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.
3: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone.